Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at Earsports.com. This is part of the Paramount Podcast Network. I am Mike Casaza. It is Sunday. It is Selection Sunday for College Football Bowls. And joining me to discuss a, a bona fide shocker. It's Chris Anderson. That's not the shocker. We work on Sundays. And we had an unexpected twist today. West Virginia gets a bowl bid. And I want to note two things here. Mountaineers get a break for the first time ever as a Big 12 member, but they also end up outside of the Big 12 umbrella. It will be West Virginia playing in the Duke's Mayo Bowl, December 27th, 5.30 p.m. in Charlotte, North Carolina, against the University of North Carolina Tar Heels. Chris, a lot of fingers typed a lot of words about bowl projections. I never, ever remember seeing this one until this afternoon. Nope. As you know, I do a weekly bowl tracker where I go around the industry and pull um, the bowl projections related to WVU every single week since week four, I think. You know, because again, beginning of the season, nobody had them really had them projected for the bowl. So I didn't start until I guess West Virginia was maybe three and one because that's when they started to appear in these bowl projections that get updated weekly. And not once had I seen anyone project West Virginia to this bowl and only a handful have predicted West Virginia to be outside of the big 12 umbrella. And that was typically to was at the Birmingham bowl. I think was like about it. Like maybe the Boca Raton bowl. I saw for a couple of things. That was it. No, I had never seen anything like this in, you can understand why like no one, no one thinks that one, you know, if you end up outside the umbrella, that's because the big 12 has more bowl eligible teams than they do uh, guaranteed bowl slots. But to not only end up outside of it, but to end up in what I believe the ACC does a little bit differently, a tier one bowl for the, another conference is kind of wild. Like, of course, the ACC is still in there, but that, that's a that's a tier quote tier one bowl. And West Virginia went from potentially being in like a, a Mac matchup. I saw one that was like Bowling Green in Birmingham. Like how many people are tuning in for that one? And now it's 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 in Charlotte against an ACC team. So I'm not going to carry any water here, but I want to say something. This doesn't happen unless West Virginia gets on the phone and turns some screws. And that's that's their AD, that's their marketing director, that's their football people. Because somebody had to look into the future and they grab the magic eight ball, rub the crystal ball, whatever, and say, there's a spot to slip into here if we play this right. And, it, and it's some number of people. I don't know who it is. We can find out. We'll ask some questions for sure. But that that math you're talking about, Bowl possibilities versus bowl availability. You you kind of have to project that when you see there's an overflow. It is kind of bold to say, "Hey, let's talk to another another game, another tie-in, and see what we can do." But West Virginia did this, knowing, hmm, there will not be enough SEC teams there. You know, they can go outside and they can grab a leftover. You know, who knows, MAC, Sun Belt team, whatever, or you can grab a team that's got a really big alumni base in Charlotte. A lot of like Carolinas, Georgia, Tennessee, they may not get to see a game normally. Postseason game be cool. And then you fill in another blank because I'm going to assume here, and I don't I don't pretend to speak for North Carolina football or their fans, but a bowl game in Charlotte, relative to their expectations, even their performance during the early part of the season, that probably isn't firing people up. You can still sell a lot of tickets if you get a good game and if you get a team that is excited to be there, which is West Virginia. So good for West Virginia for doing this. Again, I say this sometimes too, and people are like, well, what are they going to do? But like, if you get relegated to 
I don't know, let's say the Birmingham Bowl, which we can talk about in a minute, or, you know, the Armed Forces Bowl or some some less than bowl, and they just don't give you a chance to, to break this reputation as, you know, not Iowa State, not Kansas State, not a Big 12 team that gets its fans excited for a bowl game, then you're never going to break that stereotype. So sooner or later, somebody had to hand West Virginia the ball and say, all right, let's see what you can actually do. You have a good season. You have some excitement from the fans. Can you sell tickets? And I'm not sure the Big 12 was going to do that. But to go outside, you know, to break the glass, so to speak, and and, and try to do something a little different. And, and I'll try to get the details on this. But, like, certainly West Virginia had to be involved and had to be ambitious to go outside the Big 12 and to either make or take phone calls to sell their program, to answer some questions about what they could expect to do, who was going to be available, who was going to be coming back. Those are all good signs. And now you have a chance to show the Big 12, let's just say the bowl people, hey, 1A games, you gave us the ball, we helped, I don't know, sell out Bank of America Stadium, Bank of America Stadium. We helped sell X number of tickets in, in the first day, something like that. These are all blanks they had not been able to fill in because they just gotten bogus bowl game assignments for however long they've been in the Big 12. This is different. This is good. And if they were the ones who took this upon themselves, kudos to them. Now they got to live up to it. And that's fine, but you don't get to live up to it or even the chance to unless you make it possible. So that's a good thing there. Chris, what does this say to you, though, that if they did pick up the phone or if they did answer the phone, I think this is some sort of validation or vindication or whatever active word you want to use, pick your own synonym, that there is appeal to this team. This wasn't a lost season. This is eight and four, but like maybe it's, Maybe it's head instead of tail. Maybe people who see one side of the fence are too close to it. And you step back and you say, wait a minute. How many good teams are there really? Not too many, right? So this maybe isn't a terrible team. And maybe there are ratings and offensive stats and metrics to look at. There's a lot to, how about this? Maybe not a lot. Let's not go overboard. There's something to like about this team. There's something to be satisfied or excited about with this season. Does this support any of that? And, and I'm glad you went this direction because there's a lot of little little pieces of this puzzle that I want to talk about here. And one of them was what you just mentioned, which was how the the West Virginia first, again, like I said, again, I'm going to back that up. Kudos to all the people at WV who got on the phone because this, this stuff doesn't just happen. Somebody has to initiate it. Somebody has to follow through with it. Somebody has to have a vision for it and make the pitch for it, make it to sell it. And somebody did or somebody's did. And so kudos to those people. But part of that, to your point here, is the appeal. And it's the appeal of, is it the fans, is it the tickets, is it the the viewership for the TV? But I have to wonder this, and I, I it, it definitely crossed my mind, Mike. Eight and four sounds good, but eight and four and not in the top 25, like that just still seems like it's a rung lower. Mm-hmm. But is there something to, this team is exciting. It has a good offense. They score points. They have broken some big plays late in the season. Like, feel like that played at least a small part in making WVU more of of a desirable pick for a bowl matchup here. Like, if this team was eight and four and winning games at the end of the year the way they were winning games at the beginning of the year, you know, 21 13 with a bunch of defense and a lucky block kick or, you know, lucky bounce here or something like that. I don't know if they're as appealing as they are when they're eight and four and they have one of the top scoring offenses in the second half of the season. 
it doesn't hurt. And I think the way they close is really good because late in the season when it became it became a possibility and then a little bit more clear and then obviously transparent when the regular season is over that there weren't going to be enough bowl eligible teams. And then I think we had one sub 500 team make it, which is Minnesota. That's the Big Ten. So it was there was going to be a scarcity of teams that were going to be available. Then you got to stack up who is available. So who's got overflow? And that list gets smaller and smaller. So like they do distinguish themselves. And I think the geography does help. So I think at some point the ACC bowls or some other bowls. And when I say that, I mean ESPN, which is, again, don't overlook that. You you can draw the horns on them if you want to and say, oh, boy, that's the evil influence here. Sure, fine. But that's ultimately the power that says, come on down. Let's get you into a bowl game that's going to have some appeal. Like people are going to watch UNC against West Virginia because that's offense. And again, points on the board and yards in the stat sheet, that, that does it. That gets people going. Um, you know, the, the date of the game is tricky. It's a 5.30 game on, I think that's a, is that a Wednesday? Midweek, right? That's hard. That's not Sorry, like. Yeah, I was answering that. I was on mute, but I was answering. You're right. It's a Wednesday, 5.30. And again, we can talk about the days of the week in a minute. We can go to the Birmingham as an example here in a second. But like, that that's that's a harder sell. But like, they're banking on a 5.30 being like, okay, maybe we can get something. Here. Perhaps you'll have a week off. Perhaps they're home from work. But like, there's going to be something to that. And I think you're right. Like, if you're, if you're looking at a team that's kind of stumbling in, has lost a couple of games, or if they have a, a you know mediocre offense or they just don't have star power or they're having players who aren't going to be in the bowl game going pro whatever transferring and that hurts but like all indications are West Virginia has maybe not major losses like significant ones to the transfer portal or um, uh, NFL I mean there's maybe one but I don't think Zach Brazier is going to play anyways so that's good shape for the team to be going in for as far as the roster goes. We'll see with the transfer portal. But like, if you look at their star power coming back, I think you'd be very surprised if like Jaheim white or Garrett green or trailing Ray transferred like guys like that. I, I just think there's a lot to like about what their situation right here. I'm sure questions like that are asked and answered, or maybe that's information that West Virginia submits to the, when they get pick up the phone or when they answer the phone. So I think those are all good things. And I think that like people should step back a little bit here. If they don't like the regular season or if they're on the fence or they just haven't put their feet in the wet cement, Use this as a little bit more evidence that, you know, this this is a positive here. And again, just juxtaposition. You know, this is one thing, but then just go back to recent bowl games, like having a good team that gets knocked to like Dallas or that gets knocked to some other game that you don't want to play or it's too late to watch or it's against an opponent you're not familiar with or in a part of the country you can't get to or don't have any interest to visit. This is better. So, I mean, this is this is progress. And again, just to actually get a break in the bowl system is something new, I guess, but it's also refreshing. And it wasn't long ago where West Virginia was able to really thump their chest or puff it out and say, hey, you know, a six pack and a tank of gas was the Rich Rodriguez line. This is something like something like that. And that the fans can follow through on that. Then you you kind of I don't want to see you erase one chapter, but you certainly put a punctuation mark on it where if West Virginia fans had underwhelmed, that's over and you start a new one and you build on that. And then all of a sudden you rewrite a history you've already told once. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So another angle on this that I wanted to talk to you about, and it's related to how how we ended up in this this point, in this discussion of West Virginia ending up outside of the Big 12 umbrella. Because, again, there were more bowl eligible teams than there were spots that were definitively tied in. And it goes in order, and it was um, playoff. No one got out for the New Year's Six, so you knew that was going to then push everyone down. Alamo Bowl, Pop-Tarts Bowl, Texas Bowl, Liberty Bowl, Guaranteed Rate Bowl. And then we get to this this spot that that you just – I want to circle on the hierarchy of Big 12 choices. Because it's, what, the seventh slot? I cannot even count what I was calling out there. But it's this slot here where you pick the first responders bowl or the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. And then it has an asterisk. So this is coming from the Big 12 website. And it says that they are a flex pick. There is no definition of what a flex pick is. I have always taken it to mean that the Big 12 puts one team in one or the other of these two bowls, not both, but they had to put one in one of them. They didn't put one in either of them this year. And presumably that's with West Virginia going outside because West Virginia was not the only Big 12 team to go outside of the bowl tie-ins. Um, the UCF is in the Gasparilla Bowl. That's that, that's two teams outside the Big 12 tie-ins when there was only one team that had more than the Big 12 tie-ins. So I guess the Big 12 could just say, screw you guys on the bowl, or you're saying maybe they did a little trading behind the scenes and work something out for better bowl matchups for both. Yeah, so my understanding of that flex thing, and I could be wrong here, and if, if someone is, knows this better than I do, maybe they'll tell me, but if you if there are no if there are no overflow games, so for example here, we have overflow in the Big 12 in that there are other major conference games or major bowl games, let's just say other bowl games, like the, uh, the Gasparilla or the Dukes Mayo, they don't have enough to fill, and they can take from conferences that have extras over their allotment. Um, I believe that the first responder slash what is the other one? Um, what do you call the it? Armed Forces Bowl. Yeah, I believe that's if there are extra bowls and not enough. There's extra teams, but not enough spots to fill through other leagues. So that's not the case this year. There are going to be bowl games that didn't have teams from conferences to fill in. So you take them from other conferences. There's I don't I actually I'm not sure how many other conferences are sending teams to extra like to other ones. So the Big 12 might be unique in that situation. But that's also why it's it's not necessarily a bad thing to have a shorter bowl roster too because this is better for West Virginia than playing a game in Dallas on, what it, what is that, December 26th, I think is one of them, or yeah. it's tough. So like that, and I think it's better than, this This to me is way more appealing than playing like a MAC team or a group of five team in the Birmingham Bowl. Now, let's pause for a second on the Birmingham Bowl. <laughs> this was projected before. <laughs> And like I kind of alerted people this was a possibility because I thought that there was a chance that some number of Big 12 teams, one, maybe two, it turned out being two, would end up outside. Um, I had not, I mean, I kind of like, I'd, I hadn't seen the Dukes Mayo Bowl being one, but I knew that there was going to be something like that. And if I had sat down and looked at it, might have come to that conclusion. But obviously the Birmingham one was reported by Brett McMurphy, who you probably should trust on things like this. So the reason that's good for them is because that's a December 23rd game. That's a Saturday, like people aren't really traveling for holidays. They'd like to be where they're at on a Friday or maybe like a Saturday morning. So you can 
you're there, you throw it on the background, you sit down, you watch the game. It's going to get good ratings. Um, there's NFL games on. That's counter-programming. It, it's just good. Um, it's going to get good ratings. TV people love that. And that, to me, is a good sign. If you're if you're West Virginia and you get pulled into the Birmingham Bowl, I know people are going to turn their nose up at it and say, Birmingham Bowl, what? We're playing a MAC team, what? That's fine, but you're the desired property there. You're the headliner. You're coming in because you have a good offense and you've had a good season. They're going to talk about you. It's going to be a recruiting video for however many hours and however many points to score. Ideally, you win because you can go out and sell that and it reinforces everything they say about you. You're the headliner. You're the headliner. That's going to be a viewed game. It's going to be a good thing. It's it's Again, people didn't like that, but there is logic to that. December 23rd, that game this year, that's a big spot for TVs. They want to fill that. Like, And this, this is coming down to ESPN legitimately owning bowl games. I don't know if people get that, but ESPN owns a lot of these bowl games, like the majority of them. I don't even know how many they don't own anymore. And if they look at a spot and say, how can we best situate this for our network, our networks? How can we counter-program NFL? It's better than darts. It's better than cornhole, right? It's different for them. They want to do that. That's why they put these games in these spots. It would not be an insult or a bad thing or some type of like um, insult or snub or whatever to put West Virginia in that game. It's not the opponent you want. It certainly isn't Duke. It certainly isn't, or excuse me, certainly isn't UNC or the Duke's Mayo Bowl, but it isn't a bad spot. This is better. The only problem is it's that it's a Wednesday evening and it's not a Saturday where people are are situated again, but maybe their travel is back in their home the 26th or early in the 27th, they can watch the game. But I think regionally it's really good. And that's, that makes us, I think a step up and, and, and nothing wrong with this. There's no minimal history there, but I think UNC is a reputable opponent that had a good year. And for reasons we get into right now, Chris probably isn't going to be as well armed. If you get my drift for the bowl game, right? Do you think, there's going to be some uh, floating of, you know, NFL draft reports coming out of Morgantown. Like, man, Drake May, number one overall pick, probably should sit out the bowl game. That sounds like a great idea if he sits out this bowl game. Got to get ready for the NFL draft. Uh, linebacker, too. God, what's his name? I'm trying to I'm blanking on his name right now, but the linebacker, Cedric Gray. Yeah. Like, he, he, you know, he's an NFL draft prospect, too. Like, hey, man. Well, you want to play in the Duke's Mayo Bowl? You got 121 tackles. Why don't you just take it easy and go get ready for the NFL? Um, they they got some top end talent, and there are some guys that you know are going to get NFL looks. And yeah, I think um, there could be some business decisions made, some that could very much favor WVU in these cases. I would say get your Connor Harold tape ready. I don't think you'll see Drake May there, unless Chris. Drake May is not happy with being the number two quarterback, maybe the number three, four pick depends. I don't know. I mean, he's just talking to his agent like, yo, if I throw for 700 yards against that secondary, that's going to push me up the boards, right? Like, I wonder if that's a conversation. We'll see. It's a team that was 6-0, and Chris, and was scoring, you know, 40 points a game and then fell apart in a home game against Virginia. And it was in back-to-back games. Virginia, Georgia Tech, and lost its final two games of the regular season at Clemson at NC State. They end up eight and four. Same record as West Virginia. Very different season. Very. I would say this was what wildly disappointing. Um, I mean, what were their what was their record when they lost to yeah, I mean they were top ten when they lost to UVM. They finished two and four. Yeah. So this is um a team that is going the wrong direction. They, you know, you want to talk about bad, bad defenses. Like 
I do. 31 to UVA, which again, let's I want to stress to the people listening, that is not a good football team. UVA is not a good football team, not a good offense, certainly. Georgia Tech gave up 46. Uh, then they played Campbell, which is like a you know, FCS school. Um, Duke gave up 45, 31 to Clemson, 39 to NC State. Like they were just getting eaten alive in the second half of the season on defense. Chris, you cover West Virginia. Hit me with an important offensive metric for West Virginia, a stat that they excel in that they have to be good in, good at, if they're going to be successful in a game. What is a category that you might want me to, I don't know, look up and let you know where UNC ranks? Oh, there's this guy who told me about this stat where West Virginia should get 25 first downs. So I think the number of first downs is very important. Hmm. Uh, what if I told you that only 13 teams gave up more first downs in the regular season than UNC? They are 120. Oh did, I, did I hit Did I hit that one? You really teed me up for that one? They are I number 120 in the country in first downs. That's not good. Have another one for me? You know West Virginia's offense. Uh, big play passes or rushing offense? All right. How about, how, okay, good, good point here. Uh, rushing defense for UNC. And again, a defense that might not have one of their best players. They're number 86 in the country in rushing defense. They give up 163 yards per game. That's not very good, but let me wisen you up a little bit more here. If you look at their game log, their final few games here, um, in their two and four stretch. Okay. Virginia ran for 228. Georgia Tech ran for 348. They beat Campbell 59-7. Duke ran for 179. Clemson ran for 247. NC State ran for 170. In those games, 12 touchdowns, mm. including none against Campbell. So they went 2-4. and four. Against the FBS, they went 1-4, and four, and they gave up three rushing touchdowns per game and about, if I'm doing the math in my head right here, about 230 yards per game rushing. Not, not good. Rub your hands together on this one. This is this is not a bad matchup for West Virginia. The, the trouble, though, you also know West Virginia's defense, Chris. Let me tee you up mm. again. Where might we be looking at UNC's offense as to where and how they might succeed? And I'll tell you how the Tar Heels rank. I bet they're pretty good at passing the football, especially deep balls. Eighth in the country, number one in the ACC, 300. And eight yards per game. Trouble is, that's Drake May. I'd be pretty surprised if he's in this game. Um, in fact, I, I just I wonder how long the announcement even waits there. But Tez Walker, I would assume he'll play. Perhaps we can get a Raekwon battle Tez Walker huddle, and we can try to figure some things out there as to how this happens. But their offense here passing the ball, terrific. Um, if you look at 25-yard passing plays this year, number five in the country with 42 the national leader is 51, so they're not too far away from the top there. So, yeah, trouble is Drake May may not be the quarterback there. Some other ones here to look at. Um, you're nailing the game, but we can expedite this. I think people get the gag. Their third down offense, excellent, almost 50%. 49% of the time, they convert. Trouble is they kind of step on the rake a bunch. Their penalties this year are terrible. I think West Virginia, if you can bail them their defense out by getting into long yardage situations because you commit a penalty – you hold, you jump, you fall start, something like that. That's not necessarily conducive to the way you want to play. Um, the red zone, pretty good in offensive defense, both in the top 30. That's interesting to me because that's a pretty consistent operation. We talk a lot about Drake May. Chris, they're number 16 in the country in rushing offense, though. They're just under 200 yards per game, 197. And they've had some good performances this year, too. They have some good players as well that can run the ball. But against teams, when they've had to run the ball, 
Um, they've been successful with it from start to finish, but it's kind of tailed off late in the season. They only had 130 yards against uh, NC State, but they had 248 against Clemson. Um, had a hard time running the ball in some of these games, but they've also run the ball pretty well at times too. Um, looking at it now, one, two, three, four, five, six games over 200 yards, one over 300. Um, they can run the ball in West Virginia. Let's say their rush defense has been weak. They've been so forgiving sometimes against the pass. We haven't really seen them get trampled against the run, but when they've been bad against the run, that has been a problem at times for them. But it's a fair matchup, I think. I think people would be surprised to learn that wait a minute, they can run they can run the ball. Yeah, they've actually been pretty good about that. In fact, they have one of the better running backs in the ACC, Omario Hampton, a sophomore, fourteen hundred and forty two yards, six point two yards a carry, fifteen touchdowns. It's a pretty good player. Trouble is the number two rusher. Drake May. So you've done your research. Well, let me ask you this. Have you put these numbers into your 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 betting formula yet? I'm actually trying to key that out right now. <laughs> um, okay. But I was it, about to ask you, if you had it, if you have your formula, if you want to take a stab at it, what do you think the line for this game should be? Do you and have then it? I guess after that, after that, we should. No, I haven't looked at it yet. yet. And I'm wondering if they even put one up because they're waiting to hear what's going to happen with Drake May and so, some of these guys. So if I hold on, let me turn one more number in here. I got to look this. I wish I'd done this beforehand. It's so dependent on May, Chris, that it's not fair, but right. Cause you know, like in the NFL, like if somebody's hurt, like a quarterback or it's questionable, like they won't even put a line for it. So I'm wondering if they're going to do the same thing with this and some of the, not, not just this, but like a lot of bowl games. Hmm. Hold on one second here. Um, This is going to have, all right, well, we got a neutral too. All right, so yeah, so this establishes UNC as six point favorites. That but that's fair. that's with May. I, I mean, this is going to be two without May. You think? Right. Yeah. Well, West, I was say, would you go closer to a pick'em without May? I would say, would you go one? Would you go full West? Is he a touchdown difference? You think? Six I mean, if half. you're telling me there's no May and no Gray, their their top linebacker. Like you're telling me their best player on both sides of the ball is out. And we're assuming West Virginia is not going to lose anybody that's the starter, um, you know, to the NFL or to the transfer portal before the game, at least. Yeah, I could see like a six to seven point swing with those two guys out. It'd be a really interesting line. Um, and then I don't know, like Hampton, I don't think Hampton can go pro. I think he's a true sophomore, so he's not going anywhere, but he's a pretty good player. Uh, yeah, he's a true sophomore. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's a significant part there too. Um, I don't know. Surprising day, surprising news, but good news for West Virginia. Um, I I think this is going to be a good game. I think it'll be fun to watch, um, these two teams go like they're going to be, I still think without May, their offense is going to be good. Like if they bring all their pieces into this game, uh, I I honestly, I don't know enough about their, their offensive line because they have defections there. I don't know what the transfer portal is going to do, but um, they, they do have some impressive players. Again, the running back, I think, would surprise people. But uh, Tez Walker ended up as their leading receiver, even though he missed four games, 700 yards receiving, seven touchdowns. But they have a bunch of guys who can catch it. They had uh, six, seven guys who caught touchdown passes here that are in key roles. Tight end's pretty good. Um, they they do have some people who can – it's going to depend on the quarterback, of course. But, like, they, they have a system there that works in offense and – It'll be productive, but now the question, I guess, will be is is who is going to be there for both sides, and we'll begin to know here. I mean, if we haven't already, we've seen some people from West Virginia fall off to the transfer portal. No big names as of yet, but that all begins to change on Monday. Then we should know more about who's going to be involved, but also like how this game is going to shape up soon as we dig into this. And 
it's a surprise, but it's a good surprise. I'm, I'm kind of eager to roll up my sleeves and see how this goes. Yeah, should be a good one. This, uh, trust me, when when I'm sitting here trying to think of how how are we going to get fans excited and keep the board moving and the site bumping for a matchup in Birmingham against Bowling Green, I, I was I, I don't know. I I wasn't sure what was going to happen, but this is this is much much better for sure. So looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, thanks to Duke's Mayo. Not bad. Uh, we were wondering Wait, about. Are you a Mayo or a Miracle Whip guy? I, if you give me Miracle Whip, I'm going to cover the basketball team instead. Okay. All right. So are you a Duke's guy or oh, you got a mom? Mom, big Hellman's, but like once I, uh, I guess I technically live in the South now, like Dukes is the big thing, but like I've always kind of liked Dukes is good enough. Um, well, that sounded unnecessarily harsh to the basketball team. <laughs> yeah, I was going to move on from it, but you can go ahead. I was a stray. My bad guys. Um, but yeah, Dukes is fine. Suitable supplement to me. Uh, I, and they, there are certain parts of the country you, you probably can't help but get that, which is good. Uh, big fan. Um, would you rather eat the human pop tart as a celebration or be doused? in duke's mayo that human pop as much as i used to love pop tarts i haven't had in a long time can't can't imagine how disgusting that pop tart is going to be sitting out there in orlando running around with all it no swampy lather me in mayo baby let's let it happen that shower has got to be awful just awful like if 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 you had told neil brown at the end of the season that he was going to be dunked in mayo i think he probably would have thought that had a totally different meaning than what it might actually have Things change as today mm-hmm. evidence surprise, but a good one. Shouldn't be complaining about this. Good bowl matchup. Don't have to worry about the payouts or whatever. That all stuff that stuff all gets split up anyway. So it's not like they made or lost money on this. And in fact, they probably made people in the Big 12 happier. They made some more money for everybody. That's cool. Um, and again, the momentum carries on. We will have more on the game, more on the program, and some recent headlines, including, oh, perhaps you heard the head coach will definitely be back. We'll know more about the transfer portal tomorrow. We'll have three things, I think, three things I know on a Monday morning because we just didn't know who we were playing until the 11th hour here today, it seemed, on a Sunday. Uh, what else can we be looking forward to here, Chris? Yeah, transfer portal opens Monday. You will get the transfer portal offer hot board going up Monday. Also, beginning Monday and running till I don't know, till news slows down, the daily VIP buzz is back. VIP Buzz, uh, c- collection notebook of recruiting news, visitors, new offers, what's going on, going up daily. And I'll put it up every single morning that I can up until the news starts slowing down after signing day. So look forward to that starting on Monday as well. Can't wait. Big time in the site. Big time in the football season. Big basketball game on Wednesday. Backyard brawl, 9 p.m. against Pitt. A lot going on. Check us out. We'll cover you as it happens whether we see it coming or not. Until then, I'm Mike Casazza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We will talk to you then. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.